Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. A CJ Uzoma, Uzoma I, I, I've been butchering his name all day. I, I, I think there, I think there are seven pronunciations that are okay. I think I've said seven today. Uzoma, Uzoma, Uzoma. I mean, I've said seven. I said five on the show today. Uzoma, Uzoma, Uzama. I, I practiced it before the show today. It doesn't matter. Whatever. When, when you practice it before the show, like, what does that mean? Where, where are you and what are you doing? Well, like, like, I'm literally here? like, yeah, in my seat or like in the car trying to say it out loud. <laughs> Properly. Azuma, Azoma, Azuma, Azoma, 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 Azuma, Azoma, 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 Azoma. CJ Uzama will be very entertained by the opening. No disrespect, CJ Uzama. No disrespect. I'm just an idiot that can't speak English. I'm sorry. You've butchered it so many different ways. I am now doubting what the proper pronunciation of C.J. Uzama is. Good. Anyway, it's a Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Friday for Christopher. A busy week in the NFL continues. Dude, Dude what are you what? doing with the black? What are you doing with the black? What's with all the black? You look like you're going to a funeral. Well, maybe I am. Maybe I am. <laughs> somebody once said. Uh, no, I, I love you know me, Mike. I mean, I'm all... Uh, I'm glad to see you're wearing your usual Thursday shirt. That's always nice to see. It always means the end of the week is here. But I, I, I'm always like all black, all blue, all gray. That's kind of what I do. It makes life simple. I, I don't have much, many different colors in the closet other than that. So uh, it's it's uniform. That's That's the way I make it work. But black is my territory for Thursday. Stay out of my backyard. Oh, is that what you're telling me? Okay, that's what you meant by that. (laughs) Yes. Okay, sorry. I didn't realize you had all black uh, mock turtleneck look, uh, 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 you know, in your corner. What I was going to say, copyrighted for for Thursday shows. Hey, wait, I got another another question for you. What? What? What were you going to say? Go ahead. No, nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. uh, Daylight savings time fan of it how's it going 
I don't like coming up the stairs and having it pitch black. I don't. I don't care that it's daylight at night. I'm home at night and I'm not doing anything. I want to see some shred of daylight as I come upstairs to finish the process of being fully awake and ready to deal with you for two hours. Although, did you see they're going to get rid well, of that's the why I'm time asking. change right. altogether? Right. And it's going to be daylight savings time all the time, all year long. It's right. not going to be the fallback. No fallback. No more fallback starting in like 2023. Right. So no more spring forward. There's you just don't have that twice. No, we're going to be. You have to mess with your clock. We're going to be sprung like forward that. permanently. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but yeah. Uh, so what? That's why I brought it up because I know you said that, right? There's a lot of people that feel your way. I, I mean, it's awesome, right? Winter time, yeah, you'll get a little more daylight as far as the end of the day is concerned. But reading the article yesterday, we did this as a country in the early '70s, and yes, everybody got sick of it, and they changed it back because of what you're saying. Because people in certain time zones, it wasn't the sun wasn't coming up till after eight o'clock, and people didn't like that. So I do like that, but, uh, of course, not everybody does, and I, I wonder what's going to happen here. At the risk of hearing the piano music that tends to play whenever <laughs> I waited. I waited long enough for it to start. Back, back in my day, back. Uh, I remember walking to school in the early 1970s with a flashlight during that period. Now, I actually thought that one year they sprung forward two hours, that that's what caused it. But maybe they just got rid of it altogether. But at one point, it was so dark in the morning, I was made to walk to school with a flashlight. It was yeah, pitch that's, black. That's a little crazy. School. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a little crazy. I, what, what I read, it was during the little gas crisis, not little gas right. crisis in the early yes. 70s, right? Uh, so, yes. Uh, I, I can see that being an issue with people. I'm going to be interested to see how this experiment works out after they implement it and people realize maybe some of the unintended consequences there. Yeah, I think it was back during the Ford administration that it all went down. I was about nine, ten years old, walking to school with a flashlight because just all of a sudden it was as dark as the middle of the night when we would roll out of the door and walk to school. Anyway, yes. Uh, good talk. Good uh, talk. Memories, yes. Uh, uh, you know, and... I didn't have to walk very far to school, but I did walk to school every day unsupervised. I can't imagine a kid walking a quarter mile. It was just a quarter mile, yeah, and my it was mom, flat both it, ways. Yeah, it right. wasn't uphill both ways. Right. But now, like, if you let your child out of your sight for more than five minutes, you're committing an offense that could potentially have you imprisoned. I don't know when. I'm not saying that it's wrong, that it's that way now. No, it's just stunning yeah. that when back in my day – you know, you could actually right. you could actually exit the eyesight of your parents for more than a few minutes, and and it wasn't a federal offense. I'm and again, I'm I'm not I'm. It's just amazing how different it is. We would walk out of the house in the summertime. I I mean, I, it's not like I had siblings my age, but my friends in the neighborhood. We just could do whatever the do hell whatever we wanted want to do all day, all day right? long. Yeah, I mean, nobody I, knew where we were. Yeah, nobody right. knew what we were doing. Right. I know. I'm with you. I grew up at least in that, and I had that as well. But you know, life's changed. The world's gotten a little crazier, and I don't know. News and social media has made everybody think like, oh, that one thing I saw, you know, seven months ago could happen to me or my family. So I better watch out for that. It's just you know, it's it's gotten in people's heads that way too, to where maybe we're a little overprotective.
your parents always knew where you were. You were standing on the porch urinating taking a pee on the grass not realizing (laughs) not realizing that it would cause hey uh, mom the uh, grass is yellow (laughs) to die the grass died from (laughs) from chris all right uh let's get to it hello to everyone enjoying the program on peacock listening on sirius xm watching on sky sports nfl or listening wherever you get your podcasts the big news in the nfl continues to be the destination of Deshaun Watson. And at one point yesterday, Jay Glazer suggested that Watson could be making his decision by the end of the day. Now, I got a call from someone around dinner time last night explaining to me that Watson is very, very torn, that he was impressed significantly with the four presentations that were made to him by personally in the room, right there to talk to him. Ownership. GM and coach of the Saints, Panthers, Browns, Falcons. Three of them happened in Houston. He met with the Falcons in Atlanta because he's from Atlanta. He went back home and met with Arthur Blank and Terry Fontenot, the GM, and Arthur Smith, the head coach. But he was happy, satisfied, impressed with all four of them, and he's having a hell of a time making a decision. Now, Now, he could roll out of bed this morning with his mind made up. It could still take some more time. We don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And one of the things that I think is causing him dismay is he has to tell three of the teams no. He doesn't want to have to tell any of them no. He'd like to play for all of them if he could. So it's gone well for the four teams that made their pitches. The problem is it's gone too well because he doesn't have a team that he wants to go play for. And that all presupposes, and it is indeed true, that these teams have been pre-qualified yeah, to trade right. for Deshaun Watson, that, that the, the, the deals are there. Yes. The trades will happen wherever it is, trade, one trade. But the various trade opportunities are there. All Watson has to do is make his decision, waive his no-trade clause. That's the team he's going to go to. And it could happen while we're on the air, or it could happen this weekend. It's going to happen in the next few days. He knows he has to make a decision. He's just having a hard time doing it, Chris. Because he was very impressed by all four of the presentations. Yeah, I, I get it. it's a big decision, certainly. I mean, that, that's the first thing. Uh, I think we got the four teams. I don't think there's going to be anybody else, you know, injected into this conversation because of like what you said. You know, we're going to know about it if that is that time comes because you got to you got to meet the threshold of whatever the trade demand is. So I, I understand that. You know, I, again, look at it at a base level just from a football standpoint. To me. And the team that still pops out to me is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that's the one I look at and go, I have less ifs or oohs or, ooh, I'm not sure about this or that with the Cleveland Browns than any of the other organizations. And I don't mean that to be like disrespectful. New Orleans is just a new coaching staff. We know it's you know a team a little bit in flux. Atlanta, the salary cap situation. You know, Calvin Ridley's not there. There's, you know, it's, it's a second-year coach. Again, a team that's in flux as well, rebuilding a defense. Carolina, the Matt Rule situation what we talked about. So there's issues with all of them. The one I still find intriguing, Mike, is, you know, I think Cleveland makes a sense, sense from the football standpoint. I've been led to believe people close to the situation, one of the problems here is his heart is in Atlanta. You know, the other three teams I was told pursued Deshaun Watson. I was told by somebody close to the situation that Deshaun Watson pursued Atlanta. 
That's where it kind of came out of nowhere. And it made, of course, the other two NFC South teams like, what? Oh, my gosh, Atlanta's in this? How? What? So that's where I think there could be some you know, indecisiveness here, too. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next day or two here. And the Falcons' interest is still confusing to me. Right. I mean, that helps put it in context. Yeah. You've got Matt Ryan. Right. You've got a huge cap hit if you trade Matt Ryan. Then you've got to work in Deshaun Watson's contract. And if you don't get Deshaun Watson, what do you do with Matt yeah. Ryan? We're right. going to talk more about Baker Mayfield and the obvious conclusions the Browns are reaching about him as manifested by the interest in Deshaun Watson. What happens with Matt Ryan if they don't get Deshaun Watson, and it very well could be that Ryan becomes the next domino Definitely. to go somewhere else, right. maybe to go to Indianapolis, yeah. maybe maybe to go to Cleveland if Baker Mayfield, when Baker Mayfield goes elsewhere. But for Deshaun Watson, he's in that, that mode of figuring out what he's going to do, and he could pick any of the four teams. And I, that, that's the problem with – Having options with having choices, you got to pick one at some point. And sometimes it's better to have fewer to choose from. Uh, And this is exactly where Aaron Rodgers was. We just didn't have it spelled out as plainly. Right. Aaron Rodgers was picking from the teams that that knew they could get him from the Packers, even though they never directly engaged the Packers. It was all done through Dave Dunn the agent for Aaron Rodgers, but it was the same thing. The only difference is Rodgers had the Packers. His current team is one of the choices. Deshaun Watson clearly does not. But we're just at the point where he's sitting at the table, just like Rodgers, sitting at the table with a menu. He's got four options, and he's got to pick one at some point. He knows it. He knows it. Yeah. And I don't know what he's going to do. I don't, I don't know What's how your... you do it. I don't know how you yeah. – I, I don't know. What's the one that know. makes sense to you? You know, just from football, we talk about ball, and, you know, we know the coaching situations, the owners – you know, it, it, I, you know, like I said, I said Cleveland is the one football-wise that makes sense to me. What about you? Any, anything else or you agree or anybody else jump out? My niece, the Browns fan, who does not follow the sport as closely as we do, right. who is not zealous over the top. Under, like, I'll get questions from her all the time, and it gives me a great understanding of how much the, the middle of the road – you know, loves the team, goes yeah. to some games, the but games. doesn't live it. Yeah, right. right doesn't. Right. There's still a lot of things she doesn't understand because right. there's only so much time you can give a crap about something like this before it takes over your life. <laughs> right. She's not real thrilled about the idea of Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Mm. She's not real thrilled about it. Yeah. Because of the other st- and right. th- that. And here's this. This is this is part of the reality. Yeah. How welcome are you going to feel in this new city, Carolina? I. Mm, I, the, 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 and, and I'm not making judgments here. I'm just trying to understand where it's going to be an easier transition for him, especially with these 22 civil actions still looming. If you win, if you win, I think it all gets forgotten or minimized yeah, or right. time passes. I think back to how badly Steelers fans wanted to run Ben Roethlisberger out of town 12 years ago. And once they made it to the Super Bowl that year, it was all forgotten. And, you know, 10 years later, it was like it never happened. Yeah. The things that got him suspended for six games reduced to four. I think that Carolina would be the one place where it would be the hardest for him to get past these off-field issues. Cleveland, it may not be easy, although they're so desperate for a winner there. I think for the most part, they would forgive and forget quickly and not even look at it. Um, I think New Orleans would be the place where 
I just think all the of the four choices, all the planets line up for New Orleans. You got continuity in the coaching staff. Yeah, you've got a great team that right. still was a high end contender without Drew Brees last year, and Jameis Winston got injured halfway through the season, and the quarterback situation was kind of a mess. The only difference is Sean Payton isn't there. But if Sean Payton was there, Chris, they would not be pursuing Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you said so, that. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, it would be more attractive to Watson if Payton was there, but if Payton was there, they wouldn't be attracted to Watson. But you've still got Pete Carmichael, who's been there forever. You've got Dennis Allen, who's done a great job with the defense. You've got Alvin Kamara. You've got Michael Thomas, presumably being healthy this year. I, I just, that that Peyton offense, to, to twist it, to morph it into something that would absorb a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's got a very different skill set than Drew Brees did, that's the challenge for the coaching staff. But all things considered... Stability of coaching staff, yeah. quality of team around him, uh, reception in the city. I think the Saints make the most sense. You think that's the most stable coaching staff? I, I, I was I was going to ask you that next. I want to ask you two things. I want to ask you one. What what you know? Do you, yeah, because I I, I mean the, the continuity is real. It's it's a new you know new as far as new head coach. It's unproven. But you're right. I mean they're definitely on stable ground here for a while. It seems like Cleveland's on stable ground, right? Atlanta, I, I don't. They're on stable ground. I mean, Carolina is the one where it's shaky coach, and now and and we think it might be you know on the hot seat a little bit. But why also do you not think he'll be accepted in Carolina? I wanted to hear what you said about that. Or I just, about. I think, I mean, look again, just the environment there. You mean as far as like the owner and Jerry Richardson, that stuff? No, 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 okay. no. All right. I think back to when Cam Newton was there, right. And Cam Newton was criticized for everything possible. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to accuse an entire state or, or region of the country of having certain racial biases that get manifested in the way that their fans complain about people. But there was kind of that thing with Cam Newton. Like, things Cam Newton did, there was a, a compliment of the fan base that was pearl-clutching over things that were no big deal. Right. So. I just, I just wonder, you know, Southern so you town, conservative yeah, town. I hear you. You drop, right. you drop Deshaun Watson in there with this baggage of 22 lawsuits regarding behavior during massage therapy sessions where there are admissions that some of these things did turn sexual and it was consensual. Yeah, these are just right. 22 of the individuals who had a problem with that. I just don't know how that, go, how that goes down. You know, you got kind of Bible Belt. You got kind of, you kind of, it again, I, I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to paint I hear what with you're a broad saying. brush here right. over the, an entire area. I got you. But I just remember there was a lot of stuff that Cam Newton got criticized for that you're like, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, right. He's like, like what's, what's, he's awesome. Like, he's one of the 10 best yes. quarterbacks in football. What are we talking about? Why are we so worried he about what he's wearing too much. in school or, I mean, yeah. what he's wearing He wears work. weird clothes. Right. And yeah, like, I mean, he so celebrates if, if, too much. Oh, right. okay. Well, then right. tackle him. I don't know what to say. Oh, I was. You know, so, I mean, and then, yes, now, I know. Now, yeah. now, now, obviously, Watson, based yeah, upon the allegations different. against him, right. and how these cases go. See, we, that, that's the one thing that we can't lose sight of. Just because yeah. he wasn't indicted by a grand jury last week doesn't mean he's going to win these 22 civil cases. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. All it means is he wasn't indicted. And there are plenty of reasons why someone isn't indicted, including whether or not the prosecutor wanted to indict them. That's one of the biggest factors. We've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. 
when you go to a grand jury, the prosecutor has all the power. The defendant isn't represented. The victims don't have a voice unless they're called to testify by the grand jury. But the prosecutor can really sway what happens. And that doesn't mean he's innocent of anything. All it means is he's not being indicted on any charges. He's got these 22 cases that are going forward. They will play out. There will be public trials at some point unless the cases settle. And and that's going to add fuel to this discomfort that a fan base may have. So uh, I and, and again, this is about Deshaun Watson trying to find the place where it's going to be the easiest transition for him. And he's yeah. going to feel the most welcome. And, right. and again, this is a guy who believes he didn't do anything wrong. So I, I'm, you know, we try to be objective and neutral and say, hey, folks, let's let this all play out. There's a system that needs to unfold. But from Watson's perspective, who subjectively believes he did nothing wrong, obviously he's going to be looking for a place where he feels comfortable yeah. that the fans agree with him. Right. Regardless of who's right or wrong, he's going to want a place where they're rallying around him. Carolina, not so sure he's going to have 100% saturation of people saying, you're absolutely right, Deshaun. Everything you did is right, no problem. But the Saints, I just, I just gut feeling, it, it's, it's the connection there between team and city is so strong. And if the team's on board with it, let's go do it. And you know, we had some rough times at quarterback last year without Drew Brees. I think that that he's more likely to be welcomed with with open arms and and minimum reservations in in New Orleans, especially in comparison to Charlotte. Yeah, and, I, and again, whoever doesn't get him, my God, this makes for some high drama in yes, the NFC it does. South, right? There's going to be sour grapes for the team that doesn't get him. Uh, it really is. It's unbelievable that it's it's three NFC South teams and you know one AFC North team, which is you know stacked with two star uh, quarterbacks already. You add Watson into the group, there you go. Oh my gosh, wow! I, I, I Mike, I, I mean, I don't know where it goes either. It's a tough decision. You're right. He's got to weigh all those things. I mean, it's not easy. And I would think, yes, the how am I going to feel? How am I going to be received? You know, how is the organization going to support me through, you know, the the bumps in the road that we're going to have to deal with as far as, you know, when I get signed, there's going to be some backlash. And you're right. I don't think, you know, that that's the other aspect here I do, do think we're forgetting is the fact that uh, there, there's still more to come out here. This is not done. You're right. Public opinion can be swayed a little bit more here, you know, with the decision the next two or three more days, you know, next two or three days, you get into that. And you know, like you said, the civil you know conversations again, and if he doesn't look good coming out of it, he's going to have to take some more lumps, or it's going to be more critical of him. So there's still a lot to be played out here in this situation. Um, the other what side of it too? Well, no, I I'm looking at my text because I'm trying to figure out whether the Matt Ryan restructuring was actually filed yet. Apparently, it hasn't been because I pulled up the numbers on Spot Rack for Matt Ryan, and I don't see this restructuring that he supposedly did. He's still showing up with a cap charge of $48.66 million. So they're officially carrying that into the new league year. If they didn't file that restructuring yesterday, he's on the books right now for $48.22 million. And I'm trying to do the math real quick here. He actually has a guaranteed roster bonus. No, it becomes guaranteed tomorrow of three of seven point five million. So they owe him that as of tomorrow. He's got a salary of sixteen point two five million. I'm just looking at these numbers here and I'm doing the math well, real quick. If they would move on from him, right. if they would move on from him before tomorrow, they would take a cap charge of well, it's, it's a healthy amount. It looks like it's about thirty five million cap charge they'd take if they'd move on from him tomorrow. But under that under that restructure okay, 
Pete, Pete, you got to let me talk. You got to let me talk. Uh, regardless of what it's going to be, it's not going to be $55 million under that restructuring. The restructuring apparently hasn't gone through yet, but we'll see. That's yeah. one of the things I'm trying to figure and, out. And Has that restructuring gone through? Right, yeah. And the restructuring, I know. I, I can't even remember. I, I know I read it. What was that? Friday, Thursday, whatever? What, what was the number that we thought it was going to be adjusted to? Was it down to the 30s, right? I thought that's what, where it ended up being, but I can't remember off the top of my head either. Either way, you know, you look at the situation. I mean, yes, it's, they get this happens. Watson picks Atlanta. All right, yes, they're they're they got some salary cap issues. But I don't know, Mike, I know we discussed this a little yesterday. You know, for Deshaun Watson, I I'd I'd probably take, you know, take my lumps for one year. Okay, so what? We'll take our lumps. Yes, we got a huge number here, but you know, after that, hey, his number is gonna be pretty manageable for us as a football team and we can start to build a team, and like we've always talked about, this is not a trade or something where you go, oh, this is Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady at the end of his career. We're talking about a guy that's, what is he, Pete, 26? I mean, somewhere in that range where you just go, it's, it's, he's got a whole career left in front of him and has a body and you know, a way about him that looks like it's, it, you know, it won't give out. It's, so that, that to me, if I'm Atlanta, I would – I would take the chance and take that lump for a guy like Deshaun Watson. Well, uh, again, this is one of the questions we need to get to the bottom of because if they have done this restructuring, they were looking at a much bigger cap charge if they trade him. I just got to figure all that out and get the numbers out there so people can understand how difficult or easy it's going to be for the Falcons to do it. But clearly they're at the table. Would you do it? They're willing to do it. Yeah. Would you if do it? If I was it? the Falcons? Yeah. Oh, um. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I you know, you, you're going to have Deshaun Watson for 10 years. It may take you a few years to get to where you want to be as you're getting through yeah. this. Whenever you separate from a franchise quarterback, the first year is going to entail a cap hit that that is going to affect your ability to do business. Right. So if, if Watson wants to be there and he understands it's going to take a couple of years to get us to where we want to be, but this is our plan for becoming contenders, then then, yeah, I would do it because – you're you're basically setting yourself up with, and th this isn't this isn't uh, apples to apples, but it's kind of like Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana to Steve Young. You you don't have that gap after a franchise quarterback where you're saying, "What the hell are we doing? Who's our next Matt Ryan?" Yeah. and and Matt Ryan has been really good, really I good. Mean, you know, he gets. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why there isn't. Maybe because they didn't win the Super Bowl, and yeah. it's not his yeah. fault. Maybe a little bit that they blew that lead against the the uh, Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty One. But he's an MVP. He's he's had great numbers. He's, he's gradually good. climbing the list. He's, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, to be able to pass the baton from him to Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you could do a hell of a lot worse if you're the Falcons. So I yeah. guess I would do it. The window's open right now. Right. If Matt Ryan stays one more year, what's the window going to be open for next year? Where are you going to have a franchise quarterback that falls into your lap? So, yeah, I don't know why I'm hesitating, but I would do it. I guess I'm hesitating because it 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 just didn't seem like something the Falcons were going to want to do. No. But if, if what you're hearing is right, that yeah. this is Watson driving yeah. the bus. I, I've been led then, to believe it's Watson. This is one where he – this is one of the teams he reached out to. And they were like, oh, wait, what, you'd want to come here? And then they, they tried to organize a plan to, you know, appeal to him after that. 
And, I, you know, I, I do. I think I saw a report last night that they told, what, Matt Ryan, or there was at least a report that they had let him know that Deshaun Watson yeah. and them were in contact la- last weekend yeah. or whatever. and his sister-in-law disputed that, by the way. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, that's we're not yeah. sure about that. All right, all right. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and now, now, we have to, now we have to consider with Ryan the same thing we're going to talk about with Baker Mayfield is their irreparable harm done if they don't get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, I hear um, you. I don't think that'll be the case with Matt Ryan. I think he's mature enough, secure enough in what he is to understand. You know, there was talks last year, right, Mike? So he's had a little preparation of they might draft a quarterback. There was a lot of talk that they might be one of those teams at pick number four. You know, I think he understands that he's still real good, but, you know, like a Peyton Manning in the Indianapolis. Wait, there's a guy like this available. You know, I know it's not apples to apples either, but hey, a guy like this available that you could set up the franchise with for a long time, I think he'd understand that. And nonetheless, he's going to have some people that will be knocking down his door trying to get him if they do sign Deshaun Watson. And that would be amazing if it happens because Ryan is the guy who has constantly said, I don't want to go. I don't want to right. go. I see these other quarterbacks. Moving. I don't want to go. I want to stay. I want to stay. And he's going to get shoved out the door, which is why Aaron Rodgers took the stand he did because he knows that loyalty is not a two-way street when you're dealing with NFL teams. It's not. They, they'll, they'll act like it is as long as you fit with their plan. The moment you don't fit with their plan, I mean, they want you, and I guess this is true of most employers, frankly. Yeah. They want you to be all in and committed to them. They want you to be loyal. They want you to be a good soldier. They want you to not make waves. They want you to not cause trouble until the moment that they're done with you. And the moment that they're done with you, get out of here. Who cares? Goodbye. We got a better option. We got a cheaper option. We got somebody who's 10 years younger than you. We got this. We got that. And and thanks for all your loyalty. Now get the hell out. Yeah. That's what Aaron Rodgers saw happening to him. Right. He saw it unfolding the moment that they called Jordan Love's name from the podium in the draft in 2020. That's why he got pissed off. Yeah. And it's happening to Matt Ryan now. Yeah. So, you know what? You can say, hey. You you can say Matt Ryan's mature and he'll uh, Matt Ryan may be saying, "Hey, you bastards!" <laughs> I've, I'm seriously. I know. Saying, what do you you know? I'm sure he I've is. Never, I'm sure he is to I've a degree. Suffered, yeah. I have suffered right. through crap for the last five years. Ever since we lost that Super Bowl, which wasn't my fault, wasn't my fault. I'm not the defensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, I'm not sending in the plays right. when yeah. we're trying to. To, to get a lead that's insurmountable. Yeah. I'm just I'm just doing my job. Uh, I have and ever since then the organization has fallen apart around me. I have suffered through it and I've never complained. I've never asked to be traded. I've never said a word other than show up and bust my ass every and single play day. Play awesome, and like you pull, said. And you're and you're gonna pull this crap on me in yeah. the twilight of my career. Yeah. So if I'm him, I want. If I'm him, seriously, I I understand it's within the team's rights to explore all of its options and whatnot. But I I I I'll, I would say to the Falcons. That's fine. You didn't get Deshaun Watson. You shot your shot. Now I-, I want out. Get me out of here. I'm not signing this restructuring. And again, I'm trying to find out if this thing went through. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Get me out of here. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I understand. There's certainly he would have you know every right to be upset. He would. Uh, I I don't know. I just don't see that in him. I don't. You know. Again, I think he you know loves Atlanta. I think he's hell bent on trying to. 
be the quarterback, the first one to bring a Super Bowl to that town. I do. I think that's really like one of the reasons he's continually said, like, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. But the NFL, and you talked about any employer, it's, it's an unfair business. The NFL is the unfairest of them all. I mean, that's just the way it is. So we'll see. I know. I mean, again, hey, I mean, he, Matt Ryan, if they do sign Watson, you know, like you said, Cleveland, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield here. That certainly seems like it's very shaky and on the rocks. The Colts, I mean, you look at some of those options and you go, well, they're in better spots right now than the Atlanta Falcons as teams. That's not even close. You know, might be a blessing in disguise if it all happens. Maybe he ends up in a better situation with a team that's, you know, more ready to make a run in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. Okay, so, yeah, and, and it's important to take a step back. Yeah. These meetings that have happened, they didn't happen at the behest of the teams. They happened at the behest of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wanted to interview the teams. Deshaun Watson wanted to decide where he wants to play next. These teams have bent over backwards, jumped through hoops, brought all the key players to sit down and talk to Deshaun Watson. This isn't about these four teams screening Deshaun Watson to make sure they don't have a problem that there aren't issues. I mean, I really don't get the impression that any of these teams are all that troubled no. by what could happen with these 22 civil lawsuits. And I'm not making a judgment here. I'm just saying they don't yeah. seem to care. Yeah, right. Maybe they should. Right. They don't. They don't. They're, so, they're, whether it's they're taking his word for it or they think whatever happened was no big deal or, or I don't know. I don't know how they got to the point where they're so comfortable. But remember, last year the Panthers were ready to do it. Yeah, they were they comfortable. They were ready to do it. Right. Sight unseen, criminal investigation pending, civil cases pending. They would have done it last October if Watson would have waived his no-trade clause to go to Carolina. He just wouldn't. He wanted to go to Miami. So um, I, I don't get the impression. And that that's – that, like – so what do you think it's about? What's they, your, what do you what do you what, you think it's? I, I listen. More I, I gauging their happened, fan base and their city to see how no, it's received. I don't think they care. Yeah. I don't think they care. Yeah. I think they'll they'll deal with it. Whatever it is, we'll deal with it. Right. You know why? It's eventually going to pass. Like everything else, it's eventually going to pass, and we're going to have a quarterback for ten years. They don't care about the reaction. They really don't. I think that's what it comes down to. No, whatever I, it is, whatever I, happens, yeah. we don't care. We want a franchise quarterback. Sometimes you got to take you got to take uh, a few lumps in the short term to get to where you want to be. And and if he wins, it's incumbent on us to put a winning team on the field. But if we if we win and he plays well, this is all going to be forgotten. Yeah. That, look, yeah. it's just, just the way it works in sports. It is. It's the way Examples it works in any business, like you said. And excuses are made of the stars. Yeah. You're going to look the other way. Right. If this is somebody who is a high performer. You're going to look the other way on a lot of stuff, on a lot of stuff. No and, and I really do think that the decision of the grand jury last week not to indict Deshaun Watson on any charges was viewed by some as literally a get-out-of-jail-free card. I, I, and, and, I mean, like, it's over. It's done. Like, yeah. it's, it, yeah. like this, this concern is now past us, but it's really not. And then that's not the way it should be. But that's that's how these these teams and the Texans and Watsons camp played it perfectly. They they drew all these teams out of the weeds over the weekend. They seized on this idea that the truth came out. You know the the Shefty tweet that he got dragged for, but maybe that went a long way toward laying the foundation for what we now have, where there are these teams that are perfectly comfortable to get to Sean Watson. They're falling all over themselves to get to Sean Watson. They've played this 
perfectly. The Texans and Watson have played this perfectly, where it's not even a question for any of these teams. They are so hell-bent on getting the guy that they're not even thinking about what the blowback's going to be. No. None of them. No, you're right. I mean, Nick Casario's played it perfectly. We worried about, you know, what might happen. I mean, you know, good for him. I mean, really, you're, you're right. You know, Watson, their team, as far as that's concerned, you know, Mike, I know I've been saying for a long time, and I, I just heard from too many people in the NFL that kind of chalked it up to, I don't want to say don't care, but maybe not as a big a deal as we'd like it to be made. Certainly, I don't know if this is right, but like you said, we see this all the time in the NFL. That's part of it. We see it in any business. If you're super talented, you get away with stuff, period. You know, I mean, that's the way it is. Hey, Chris Collinsworth wants a meeting pushed back 30 minutes? Sure, Chris Collinsworth. Chris Sims asked for the meeting to be pushed back 30 minutes? No, screw you. It starts now. Let's go. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, who, are you? who the hell cares about Chris <laughs> Sims? I mean, damn. That's just the way it is in any company, certainly. And it doesn't make it right. But I do, like, you know, I, I, I think there is that sentiment a little, Mike, like you're saying. They're not caring. I mean, David Tepper, it sounds like he's been extremely aggressive and will continue to be extremely aggressive with this Deshaun Watson situation throughout. So he's never seemed to have bat, bat an eye there in, in, as far as this, like you said, with last year or even now. Um, you know, again, I don't know if it makes it right, but that's just the way it is this age and or this day and age in the, in the NFL and really in life anywhere. Chris, I would push back a meeting for, with you for the pay. Hey, thanks. Minutes. I just, know you would. Just well, you know why though? I, you didn't let me get to finish because that would be thirty more minutes of my life that I wouldn't have to deal with. It. Oh, so, great! Yes. Thank you, thank you for that. Let's Mike. push it another thirty minutes. Thanks. Let's push it another thirty thank minutes. You. And maybe at some point we'll delay it long enough that I'll be dead. No, and I'll never have yeah, to do it. Sorry, nah. Now nah. the thirty <laughs> minutes right. if you're there, I'm just going to be hanging out next to you anyways, just grabbing you and hitting you anyways. So just you know, you don't right. you don't you don't need that. Um. I, as best I can tell, I'm I'm multitasking during the show to get to no, the not Ryan you, thing. you multitasking. Well, this is actually. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. At least you're not like texting, texting or writing an article. You're actually working on breakfast. the show. Right. Right. Okay. Like, hey, can you make eggs for me? No, I'm. I'm actually. This is real. Like trying to find out about this Matt Ryan thing. It's not in the system. It still shows his base salary and cap number for 2022. Has not shown a restructuring yet for 2022. So. Um, it looks like they have slammed the brakes on the Matt Ryan restructuring while they figure out whether or not they're going to have right. Deshaun Watson on the team. And and look, if Watson picked them, everybody else picked Watson. If Watson picked them, that that maybe gives them the inside track when it's time for him to make his decision. As long as they're comfortable, as long as he got the sense right. from them right. that they're truly comfortable, but they wouldn't have taken the meeting. I don't think they so. They could have easily said yeah. Matt Ryan's our guy. Right. And Arthur Blank seems like he's been aggressive about the quarterback. Last year, he said he was going to let the coaches make a decision. You know, in the draft, there was a lot of rumors, that, like we said, that Atlanta was hot on one of those quarterbacks before they decided on Kyle Pitts. A lot of people thought they were hot on Trey Lance. Either way, I think there was real discussion there to kind of start a new era or a new, you know, a, a new way with Arthur Smith and everybody at the quarterback position. Um, so it's been on their radar, and, and like you said, I think obviously if there was a meeting there, Arthur Blank was supposedly there, that they are serious and that they're willing to take on Deshaun Watson if, if he does decide to go there. And before we move on to Baker Mayfield, because we need to get to that eventually, we only have a two-hour show, let's hope that the Falcons have improved their internal investigative functions and procedures beyond what they were 15 years ago next month 
when we learned that Michael Vick was leading a double life, basically, where he would go to Surrey County, Virginia, and operate a dogfighting ring, and the Falcons had no idea. They had no idea. And this is all happening relatively out in the open. When you show up for these dogfights, other people are there. Other people are present. Hey, that's Mike Vick fighting dogs. I mean, how long did it go on? It went on years, years, and they had no idea. They gave him a huge contract. They had no idea. He's doing this constantly. No idea. So here's hoping that they've, they've got better security personnel who did the due diligence on Deshaun Watson before they went all in for Deshaun Watson. Because it, it's astounding to me. And I, I went back and revisited the whole Vic thing because of, you know, I haven't done this yet, but because of that. Um, uh, Playmakers available wherever you get your books. There's a chapter on Mike Vick, and it's, it really is stunning that they had no idea that he was doing this because it wasn't as much of a secret as anyone would have thought that it was. It really wasn't. So yeah. hopefully they hopefully, – hopefully everyone's taking seriously what could happen, what could happen, right, Yeah. with uh, – with Deshaun Watson's 22 civil lawsuits, because they are still going to go forward. And and let's hope it's not just a case of Watson's agent and lawyer making a very persuasive effort on behalf of their client to convince these folks it's going to be okay, because that's what they're supposed to do. That's their job. L- let's hope that they've done a proper objective examination and understand what still could happen with these 22 civil cases. All right, uh, Baker Mayfield. You said it yesterday. I came to the conclusion yesterday. I went from thinking, well, hey, it's Deshaun Watson. If they get him, you know, no hard feelings, Baker, to thinking they're done with Baker. You were saying it yesterday. They're done with Baker. Mortensen was on ESPN yesterday. They're done with Baker. They want an adult at the quarterback position. The language. There's I, no coming. Right. I read a no text coming to you back from similar that. language yeah. from somebody from in the know there in Cleveland, too. Same, same wording there. So I thought that was kind of funny, too. There's no coming back from that. Not, especially if you think the guy's immature. If you think the guy's immature, the last way that you're going to preserve the relationship is by leaking the idea that you think he's immature. Because you have to assume he's going to react, wait a minute, immaturely. So this is done. It's over. It's kaput. I, I, what are they going to do with Baker Mayfield, Chris? I, I mean... There's going to be suitors. I mean, he's he's talented enough. He is an NFL starting quarterback. There's no doubt. With with still, you know, some upside to where you look at it and go, "Wait, well, there's potential." We know that. Like we've said, when Baker Mayfield is hot, again, I mean, he's got a he's got a pretty special arm. I mean, he he can throw the ball 70 yards in the air. He could throw any throw on the field and put power on it, fit the ball into, you know, quick windows. He does that, but we know there's some inconsistencies and then Yes, there's been rumors for over the last year or so about him kind of being a pain in the butt in Cleveland. You know, there there has been. Whether it's been with the media, you know, you hear other rumors. Of course, the Odell Beckham Jr. situation. And again, they, you know, even with that, I think that spoke volumes a little bit this year. It said a little something. So there is risk with it. But yeah, Odell, you didn't hear anybody in Cleveland, you know, crapping Odell Beckham Jr. when he left town. I think that said a lot. And then he went to another team and they absolutely loved him. So... Uh, yeah, there's some issues there with Baker Mayfield. The details of that, I don't know. But we do know he's a pain in the butt. We've heard that before. And it seems like you know, he, he, Stefanski, whatever, the brass in, in Cleveland, they don't see eye to eye. And it seems like Cleveland's just had enough, and they're looking for a change. Um, I, and again, I don't want to replow this ground, but yeah. – you're worried about not having an adult at quarterback, so you 
Desha- I mean, with all the baggage with Deshaun Watson, I, you're, you're, you're swapping one problem for another problem at the quarterback position, but ultimately it comes down to who can play at the highest level. And if Baker yeah. Mayfield yeah. was playing at a high level, they'd deal with this. Look, Aaron Rodgers is a pain in the ass. Right. It's well documented by now. Yeah. We've learned a lot about Aaron Rodgers over the last year, and I think that a majority of Americans who pay attention to the NFL would agree that Aaron Rodgers is a pain in the ass. But he's also one of the great quarterbacks of all time, and he's a two-time MVP. Right. So the Packers will deal with it. If you're not, and, and, and the, the moment that Aaron Rodgers slips, they're going to run him the hell out of town. Yeah. As long as he plays at a high level, he's fine. Baker Mayfield doesn't play well enough to justify being a pain in the ass. So they've had enough. Four years, it's enough. We've got this contract situation. He wants way too much money. We're never going to pay him that much. It's, it's No, we're not going to let yeah. him play this year and play so well that our fans are like, you got to give him 50 yeah, million a year. Right, no, right, right. no, it's done. It's over. It, and we'll find somebody else. I just don't know where they're going to go if they don't get Deshaun Watson. I know. It, it, it seems like it, it. I mean, it does. It has all the feelings, especially even with, you know, his Instagram post or whatever his tweet that he put out the other night, that it just seems like, you know, it, it's coming to an end there, certainly. And, you know, the the adult in the, you know, adult or we're breaking up because we want an adult. When, when I hear something like that, again, I don't know or anything, but this – to me, seems like it goes beyond, you know, maybe being a little bit of a jerk behind the microphone or having a spat with some player in the locker room. When I hear that, you know, that's where I would say, like, what is different than Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers? You know, they might be a pain in the butt for their own reasons, but not when it comes to football. Not when it comes to football. You know, they're going to listen to the coaching. There's going to be the conversation. They're going to do all the things right in the locker room, on the field. You know, no excuses, whatever else. Yes. And I, and I have a feeling that with Baker Mayfield, it's gone into that territory a little bit where, you know, they're, you know whatever it is, there's, there's something missing there that they don't like either, let alone maybe some of the antics, you know, like we've talked about as far as attention behind the microphone and stuff like that. I just remember when he first landed on my radar screen when he was in Oklahoma, my conclusion was this kid's kind of a punk, but there's something endearing about yes. him right. as a punk. And, and I'm sorry, but the shoe fits. And he comes to Cleveland, it's like, you know, he's still kind of a punk, but I kind of like it. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind it's of an a, edgy, edgy yeah, right. likable. He's a likable punk, right? right? Um, and then as time goes by, I mean, that's a problem. What we see publicly is just a sliver of what the team deals with behind the scenes. And and we've seen enough of it flash in four years with the Browns. Whether I remember when he, he, he went after Tony Grossi, he was just being kind of condescending right. and demeaning and disrespectful. Right. And it's a punk. You're right. being a punk. And, and, and that was the first Go moment I thought. Go after the fans last year because they th- booed. That's, them, right? But the, he, at some point, at some point yeah. he, he went from likable punk to unlikable punk. And if you are unlikable punk behind the scenes, that's going to get you run out the door if you're not playing well enough. That's yeah. the worst possible combination. Unlikable punk, not a high-end performer. They are going to get rid of you. And it's, it's funny, Chris. I, I was thinking back to stuff they were trying to push on the media late in the regular season. They planned to move forward with Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. That was one of the Sunday splash reports on NFL Network, one of the final Sundays of uh, the 2021 campaign. And I wrote something about it at the time saying, this is, this is worthless. It's meaningless. They're trying to push this idea to see if someone will trade for the guy. They're, they're already laying the groundwork yeah. to trade Baker Mayfield by saying we plan 
to make him our side. We have no intent to trade Russell Wilson. It's all the same chatter yeah, that you hear time right. and again when they're sending signals. And the signal's been there that they're done with Baker Mayfield. And it's clear now that they're done. They're done. Um, it cer- it we talked yesterday like about the, the potential destinations. Uh, whoever may be interested, they've had a few days now to really watch the film and, and ask them. That's, it, you better be comfortable taking in. Baker Mayfield and everything that goes along with Baker Mayfield, if you're going to trade for him, you can't say you're surprised if he shows up and he starts, you know, uh, creating issues internally by, by being a certain, you know, just, just being a pain in the ass. Yeah. Maybe he'll get his, maybe he'll get his wake up call. I don't know. A lot of it depends upon where he goes and how they welcome him in. Like last year when Carson Wentz gets kicked out of Philly and goes to Indianapolis and he thinks it's not me, it's them. Wherever Baker Mayfield goes this year, they need to impress upon him. You were the problem in Cleveland, and we expect you to change. Yeah, and no question. Uh, again, hey, it's, it's it's quarterback, head coach. It doesn't seem to mesh, you know, as far as personality-wise. That just from the outside looking in. Stefanski, you know, usually head coaches, offensive play callers, want a quarterback that's kind of an extension of them to a degree. You know, and, and Stefanski seems like a pretty even-keeled, same kind of guy every day. Baker Mayfield seems like the opposite of that, where it's it's all over the place. You know, I, I, you know that's that's the way I look at it. You know, again, that's hey, Drew Brees has an edge about him, just like Sean Payton, and then they're going to be surgically destroy you with their brains. They were the same that way. You know, Brady is very similar to a McDaniel's or a Belichick as far as being a robot and incredibly. That's what teams want as far as their quarterback is concerned. That's where it's a little iffy with Baker Mayfield. But like, I mean, again, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts. This is the guy that I'm, I'm going to put at the top of the list. I, I'm going to go, oh, man, okay, well, again, our options are limited out here. Uh, Baker Mayfield would certainly be a guy I would look at. Uh, he fits that offense. They like to throw the ball down the field with you know, power outside the numbers. He can do that. That would make sense, certainly. And then like, the other thing, like you said, Mike, is Cleveland is like, what's their plan? I got to think that they have something ready no matter what, even if Deshaun Watson doesn't go there, the fact that they've gone down the path this far with Baker Mayfield, that there's something lurking, whether that's a Jimmy Garoppolo trade or they're fine with signing Marcus Mariota and making him the starter. Uh, they got to think they have another plan here. They didn't just do this and go, well, we'll figure it out after we destroy him publicly and then try to do it. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely are very strategic in their planning. John T. Batesta, who's been there as the, the what he's got some title, it's got strategy in it. I mean, it's it's not just analytics, yeah. it's planning for everything. Right. They have a plan for everything. Whether or not it works is a different issue, but they have a plan for everything. They surely have a plan for this. And step one was try to get to Sean Watson, and that ended up being the first public indication that they were done with Baker Mayfield, and it's just kind of unfolded from there. If they don't get to Sean Watson, they will have another plan. They will move in a different direction. And I don't know, maybe maybe they, for all we know, called the Seahawks at some yeah, point about right. Russell Wilson, and Wilson wasn't going to play for the Cleveland Browns. But it, it could be that, and I don't think it could be, I think it will be, that, that they'll move to someone else, and they have a pretty good idea who they're going to get if they don't get Deshaun Watson. And I think they have a pretty good idea what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield and who will take him, and a lot of it depends upon who doesn't get Deshaun Watson. But yeah. I still, I'm pushing the Lions. I'm all in for the Lions to get Baker Mayfield, because I think Dan Campbell can control Baker Mayfield, and I think Baker Mayfield will be an extension of Dan Campbell. If you can harness that fire that's in Baker Mayfield and point it in the right direction, you can have a special player, a special attitude, and 
The Lions need that attitude. The Lions need some. They haven't had a guy with his kind of swagger really since Bobby Lane, and it's been 60 years now. But who think of a try, think of a Lions quarterback in your lifetime, Chris? That you say, wow, that guy was a badass. No. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. Right. Lions quarterback. I mean, that's that's what I want my quarterback to be. He's got that attitude. He's you know the sheriff, and they, they haven't had anybody. No, they like they haven't that. had anybody like that. You're right. Stafford, as much as he was a badass and throwing lasers all over the field, that was the thing that you know he was not that. He wasn't always the guy that was you felt like was going to yell at the offense and yeah gave off that aura to a degree. You're right. There's nobody in my lifetime, the '80s, certainly not. Scott Mitchell in the 90s and all of that. No, there's been nobody even close to that in my lifetime, actually. You're right. And, I mean, really, I'm a historian. You're right. Even before I was born, I don't know. You're, Bobby Lane really might be it. And that is pretty crazy to say about an organization. I'm looking back through the list of quarterbacks, and uh, I'm not going to bore people with the names, but my gosh. I mean, I remember Greg Landry was like, a, you know, but they weren't very successful. I don't, I don't remember much about Greg Landry as a, as a, as a leader uh, or not. But, uh, yeah, all the way back to Bobby Lane, I mean, it's a long list of guys who didn't win all that much for the Detroit Lions. And I, not that Baker makes them into a guaranteed winner, but I think he gives that team – what it's looking for. That's when you think back to the kneecap biter press conference from last year from Dan Campbell, I think that Mayfield is the guy. I remember first thinking at some point in the 21 season, it may not work out for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Where could he go? Boy, Detroit would be perfect because he just fits. He's so much closer to Dan Campbell yeah, in personality sure. than Certainly. Jared Goff. I, I hear you there. So much closer. Yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying. It, it's, it's, it's makes sense from that standpoint. It's again, I think the thing that I would, maybe think there would be some trepidation from from Detroit standpoint is, hey, they just took a risk on a guy like Jared Goff. They have that money there. Baker Mayfield, you know, you're going to have some of those same questions, even though I think he's clearly more talented than Jared Goff. You know, like, like we've said, there, there's, Baker Mayfield does have potential to be a top 10-ish type quarterback. He does have that. Uh, he he's can throw, la- like we said, lasers all over the field. And when he was hot at the end of the 2020 season, I mean, he was playing as good a football as any quarterback in the league and making am- 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 amazing throws, unbelievable plays. But that that's the worry, I think, if you're Detroit uh, with, with the Baker Mayfield situation following a Jared Goff. You know, there is going to be that perception out there of like, wait, what are you guys doing? We're taking a chance with, you know, again, another team's castaway guy. And... And, of course, that could set you up for disaster, too, if it doesn't work out. And, and really, what happened last year, and the Lions have never come out and said it. I think it was a courtesy by Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Lions and a former executive with the Rams, to not say, hey, basically, we, we got a first-round pick for taking on this crap Jared Goff contract. Anything we get out of Jared Goff is a positive. It's what the Browns did with Brock Osweiler in 2017. The only difference is the Lions actually used the guy. The Browns ended up cutting Brock Osweiler. They kept him around right up until the start of the season, but then they got rid of him because it's like, we only took on his contract, his guaranteed contract, to get a second-round pick from the Texans. The Lions took on Stafford, or took on Goff when they traded Stafford to get two ones in a three instead of a one in a three. And that was the immediate reaction at the time. I talked to the general manager. It's like, yeah, it's a one in a three for Stafford, and it's a one to take on Goff's contract. And so they got a year out of Goff. Now, again, I don't know how you... Sell that to your fan base yeah, now. Right. I don't think you need to. I think the fan base, if I'm a Lions fan, 
and and I and and they're dumping Jared Goff for Baker Mayfield. My reaction is, thank God they finally woke up. Yeah, thank God I they finally either. woke up. I, I would be Jared happy. Jared Goff's too. not the guy. I would be happy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know that he's not the guy. Certainly, I'm, I'm with you there, no doubt. Um, they're gonna have to you know figure that out. I haven't heard any rumors there. Have you? I just want to make sure. Uh, no, no, this is but, all hypothetical. But, right, okay. but but you know who works for the Lions? Um, Spielman. A, a certain. A certain gum-chomping, white sweater-wearing general manager oh, of the Browns. Oh, buddy boys there? Good Mayfield. old buddy boys buddy there? Buddy boys there. Buddy boy. Hey, buddy boy. Buddy boy. Yeah. Hey, buddy boy. Buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. John, so, Dorsey, John Dorsey. Former Browns GM who made the phone call to Baker forgot about four that. years ago. Um, and, and, you know, and, and he's uh, probably very persistent. Hey, guys, this is what we're looking for. You talk about this all the time. This is what you want. This is what this guy has, and we can guide him. We can shape him. We can mold him. And wouldn't John Dorsey love to get his hands on Baker Mayfield and turn him into something? Not that he's directly in the front lines working with him, but be part of the process that makes the Browns regret giving up on him. Taking the guy that he brought to Cleveland and turning him into something that he could have been in Cleveland, but the Browns just weren't able to get him to where he wanted to be. And he's got two good seasons. Two bad seasons, yeah. and the Browns are ready to get off the train because of the personality. I just think the personality fits with the lines. There's 32 teams out there. Everyone's different. Every coach is different. Every owner's different. So yeah. I think uh, I think that that uh, I, I like it. I, I, I've, pos- I've heard nothing. I know. So I've pasta heard meatballs is totally taking you there right now. I like I'm that. Ju- no, it, this is me saying to the Lions, do it. Go get. Baker Mayfield. Don't do this it, Lions. Exactly it might all be a setup want. just to, for the Vikings to succeed. Just be careful no, here. He might no, be laying down no. a trap, this guy. No, listen. You don't hey, know. Vikings. Can't trust him. <laughs> Offer Kirk Cousins for Baker Mayfield. If I mean, I, they wouldn't. It's too late for that. But no, I, I think Baker Mayfield on the right spot could be very good. All right, what, okay. Have, all right. Uh, I was gonna we, say we, what? What burned? All right, we, go ahead. No, we got to go. We Fine. burned half the show in one segment. Boom. So we got to take a break. We got to jam five segments into or six segments. I think. Is there a rule on we segments have. we got to get in the show? Is there a rule? I mean, what? what I, don't just, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, there is. We got to go. We have to go. Yes, there's a rule. That's, they're not just doing it to give us a break. There is a rule. We have to go. I don't. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines it's been crazy man crazy uh four hours um going back and forth man a lot of things that i love in la but i just wanted to let you know i'm coming to buffalo bills mafia what's good is 40 open Vaughn Miller, now a member of the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, there was a conversation in the aftermath of the Super Bowl about teams taking big swings to try to improve their team. And at one point, we said, boy, if the Bills had Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr., they'd have been the ones hoisting the Super Bowl trophy in 2021 slash 2022. And now they go get Vaughn Miller. Maybe OBJ's next. Maybe they were listening to us. But Brandon (laughs) Bean seemed reluctant 
to go all in because he's thinking, what about two, three years down the road? Forget about two, three years down the road. It's all right now. Yeah. What are you doing right now to try to go grab the brass ring? And they get Von Miller. A six-year, $120 million contract. Yeah, sure, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds good. It's a two-year, $52 numbers. million dollar contract, yeah. basically, right? I mean, that's the way it looks Which like. Which is pretty good. It's amazing. Which is pretty good. I, 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 to me, that was the shocker of the day yesterday. It really was. Not only that... Von Miller wasn't going to be on the Rams, which I was expecting to to happen still. But the money, the the sheer money, the number. I know it's yeah, it's six years, one hundred and twenty million. Von Miller's not going to play six more years in his career. I don't think so. I hope he does. That would be awesome. But I, I don't expect it to be that. No, it's uh, that was for salary cap pers- purposes. It, by all by all appearances, it looks like a two year deal, which is amazing number. I mean, that's top of the line edge pass rusher Bosa, T.J. Watt passes Miles Garrett. Uh, so that that's a number you don't turn down, even if you do love L.A. If you're Von Miller, I think you're spot on too, Mike. With like Buffalo, I, I know I was banging the drum during the trade deadline, and we talked about it a lot. Where it was just they need a, they needed another guy. I thought on both sides of the ball to go. Wait, they got to make a play. It can't always be on Josh Allen. And I think they finally came to that realization, you know, with with Mahomes running around. They can just never get off the field in a big moment in any of the big games against good offenses. And now you got a legit difference maker in Von Miller here. Yeah, I'll be interested to see the full breakdown of the deal and really get an understanding of exactly what the Bills are getting themselves into. But they're going for it. They're making a big move. Reminds me of when they got Mario Williams several years ago, right? Is that where he ended up? Why am I blanking on that? He went from the Texans to the Bills. Yeah, it was there. You're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, now, now, uh, hopefully Von Miller will have a bigger impact, but this is what the Bills are trying to do. You have to have two sides of the coin. You got to have a great defense to go along with a great offense. So good move for the Bills. And let's see if it's just the beginning rather than the end. The Raiders bring in Chandler Jones on a three-year deal. That was a surprise. We were talking yesterday about how much retooling on the fly they're going to do with that roster. Right. They signed Max Crosby to a long-term deal, move Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts, and put Chandler Jones in that spot. Uh, what, what, what's your thought on Josh McDaniels, who knows Chandler Jones right. from Jones' early years in New England, yep. bringing, uh, bringing Jones in to Las Vegas? No, no, no question with Patrick Graham, who was also in New England in the early years of Chandler Jones' career, too, so they know what they're getting. But my, I, I think you, you said it right, like we were talking about yesterday. You know, that's why this is one team where, yeah, I know they were in the playoffs, but this is a total re you know reorganizing their roster type of job here that they're going to do. They're going to make this team go from speed, wait, shoot the gap to wait, size and play two gaps. That's why they got rid of Yannick Ngakwe. He's not that guy. Where Chandler Jones could play outside linebacker, he could play defensive end. He makes sense for the little 3-4, you know, uh, flexibility that the defense will have. And I think you'll see, you know, these type of moves. The slow transition of the Raiders going from more of a speed team to more of a size and we're going to overpower you football team, which McDaniels and Graham are used to coming from New England. Raiders also cut Carl Nassib. He made headlines last summer as becoming the first openly gay player in the NFL. And that's all we're going to say about it because it's a non-issue. We're just, you know, that that's the relevance when you hear Carl Nassib. Yes. But it's been a non-issue. And 
we're going to assume, I'm going to assume it's a non-issue as it relates to the continuation of his career. Should that be. was one of the most refreshing aspects of last year. Mm-hmm. It happened, it was over, it was done, and that was it. It wasn't a distraction, it wasn't an issue, it wasn't... Like when Michael Sam was drafted by the Rams in 2014, it really did kind of linger for a while, and there were stories and questions, and we had a chapter in Playmakers about that too. But with Carl Nassib, it, it, it seems to finally be a non-issue, and hopefully it will be as he moves forward in his career. Yeah, uh, hopefully. I mean, certainly. And, and I think the NFL has turned the corner as far as that conversation. You know, there's probably some still, you know, older, uh, old school people who are still trying to get used to it. But again, I think here we are, 2020, 2022, yeah. this generation, World's the current changed, NFL people. player. Exactly right. It, it's, get out of the way, exactly. old timers. So it's certainly not going to be a problem from the player's aspect. I can certainly tell you that. Yannick Ngakwe, as mentioned, traded to the Colts by the Raiders now that they have Chandler Jones. The Raiders get cornerback Rocky Sin. Uh, look, the, the, the Colts – now, Yannick Ngakwe has been kind of an enigmatic figure in NFL circles. You know, he's, he was really good for the Jaguars. He became the guy that Dante Fowler was supposed to be. They right. had the league in the same draft class, and then he got unhappy in Jacksonville. And, you know, he was going from Minnesota to Baltimore to Las Vegas. He's moving around a lot. But, you know, uh, hey – when when he's productive, he's almost as good as anybody out there. Yeah, he he's he's got to be in the right scheme. And and last year with Gus Bradley, that scheme where we just talked about there is was about speed, get wide, just rush the passer. Right, that's what they want to do. They run in that Seattle scheme. Well, you know he's he's going to a place that's you know it's going to be similar to that. That's it makes sense with for Gus Bradley. Exactly. exactly. So there you go. I mean, they're going to, it's the same type of thing. They know what they're getting. And I think they're another team that, you know, Mike, I think we talked about it a lot during the season last year. You like everything about it. Always felt like they were missing just that one more guy on the defensive side of the ball that can make something happen outside the realm of the play. Can they get who, who can make a strip sack fumble in a big moment in, in Indianapolis? There, there was never a guy that jumped out in that way. Yannick Ngakwe can be that. I think they sorely you know, missed that coming down the stretch last year. He'll, he'll be perfect for what they're going to do there. Meanwhile, there's a reunion in Baltimore. Zadarius Smith, after his time with the Packers, goes back to the Ravens. Four-year deal. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Ravens back in 2015, led the team in sacks in 2018. That was his final year in Baltimore before he he got paid by the Packers. The Packers moved on. They kept Preston Smith, moved on from Zadarius Smith. This was the issue last year. He was unhappy because he knew the way his contract was set up. With the cap hit this year, he was vulnerable to be cut. And they did something contractually to placate him a little bit last year. This was all backseat to the Aaron Rodgers drama, but it was there. Right. They did something contractual that just got him to, to buy in, but he missed most of the season with a back problem. But he knew what was coming. He wanted to stay in Green Bay, and he knew his contract made him vulnerable to getting cut, and he got cut. Yeah. He went straight back to Baltimore, and I think the Ravens are probably happy with the way things turned Ooh, out. Yes, they are. I mean, how could they not be happy that they got him back? He's still a force of nature. I mean, we saw him not play the whole year. And he comes in the divisional playoff game and gets a sack and like you know, makes plays and you're like, damn! I mean, what would the guy look like if he played more? Uh, he's truly he's he's we've seen him in person. He is a huge human being, and he's perfect for Baltimore. And they've needed pass rush help. So I think you pass rush help. I think you couple him with their first round pick from last year, Odafi Owe, right from Penn State, 
who was really good, you start to look at that and go, oh, damn, the Ravens, they're going to have a little pass rush here now coming off the edge, let alone we know they got some big people inside. So awesome move by the Ravens against Zedaria Smith. Steelers also landing Miles Jack, who was dumped by the Jaguars, kind of unexpectedly. He's been there for a while. Did you get a chance to take a look at uh, the Miles Jack film you and know it. Uh, check out that knee? What 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 was your conclusion, Doctor? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I was like, man, I couldn't. I was shocked, like you, like what? Miles My, Jack, man, I I watched Jacksonville this year. I remember thinking, damn, he's all over the place. Maybe I missed something. So I did. I sat down last night and I went, I'm going to watch a, a game of Miles Jack, and whoa. I mean, the Steelers, they got a steal. I mean, it's just they're, they're unbelievable with the linebacker situation. I don't know why Jacksonville wouldn't want him. I mean, maybe they're just trying to build a new culture, don't want to pay him, whatever. But when you talk about a guy that's got, for a linebacker, I'd have a hard time saying he's still not one of the fastest linebackers in football. He's physical. He's going to fit that scheme there very nicely. I mean, the freaking Steelers with their linebackers. I know they've had a little issue here with Devin Bush and stuff, but I think they hit the jackpot with Miles Jack, the absolute jackpot no pun intended <laughs> well i remember last year they they stole joe Schobert right uh when when the jaguars wanted to dump him and they got him for peanuts so uh hey look the steelers i know a lot of people up there are dismayed about the mitch trubisky thing that the the, the dominoes are setting up just right for the Steelers to be better than people expect. Exactly. And this is another piece to believe that. The Vikings reportedly trying to trade Daniel Hunter. This is no surprise. We knew this was coming. And they're, they're moving from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Exactly. And he's had injury issues, and he hasn't been happy. Uh, it's, it's a shame it's worked out the way it has. At one point, he had the most sacks of anyone under the age of 25. It Amazing. looked like he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory past few years it's fallen apart i think the bosa contract was really right? the beginning of the end for him right it once bosa like goes to 27 and he's making half that and he looks at at it and objectively says i'm every bit as good as him i i just feel like that's when it got off the rails for daniel hunter and it hasn't gotten back on yeah I, I, i'm with you I, I feel like we heard rumors at that time that there was you know unhappy right and maybe even some rest, like wanting to restructure type rumors i i feel like we i thinking that maybe i'm wrong there um, yeah, no, it was out there. It was right, and then you know, you said it: injury, let alone neck injury, right? Neck injury. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's one out there that's that scares teams. There's certain teams that they hear neck, and you're you're in the black book, and you're not allowed on their team. Period. They, they hear neck, they write you down, and you're done. So that's a little scary too. Let alone, like you said, you know, he's it's, it's they're going to a three four type of scheme there where he's not that guy. He's more of the Yannick Ngakwe type. Get outside wide, put your hand in the ground, and we just want you to run at that angle to the quarterback. That's what he is. He doesn't have the 3-4 outside linebacker quality or traits there, uh, so I, I could see them wanting to move on. I will say this, though. He is an incredibly large human. He I is. have stood face-to-face -face with him. He is like you, but really Big Did you see his muscles there in that first clip? Can we play that again when he was just walking? I mean, his arms there. I literally like did not hear you for a second because I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, look how freaking jacked this guy is. Holy cow. He, he is <laughs> as tall as you, 6'5". I mean, the guy is incredible. And, and he was special first few years of his he career. Was. But uh, it fell apart in Minnesota, and we'll see if they can find a landing spot for Daniel Hunter elsewhere. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. The Seahawks found their landing spot for Russell Wilson, officially introduced yesterday as the quarterback 
of the Denver Broncos. We're going to take a break. As you enjoy Daniil Hunter highlights, we'll be back to tell you what Russell Wilson had to say. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off.